Get some good soup. That's some good soup. That's some good soup. The fact that they, like, who, who, what, like, what, who, producer, director, writer, who said, let's make Adam Driver do this some good soup and then give, like, a hard okay hand gesture. He probably did it himself because that's just how I envision Adam Driver as a human, but I also don't know what that shows. Me neither. Like, what it's from. I don't know. So... But I'm sure, like, in context in the show, it was, like, 10 out of 10. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure. But I, I keep making tomato soup for the lady, and then um, I keep, that meme is constantly living in my head, and also because mm-hmm. I really love soup. So every, every time I'm like, good this, soup. that's some good soup. But anyway, uh, you said you want to tell me something? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, as everyone knows, I work at a sports and outdoor store that shall be unnamed, right? Yeah. So... He- the store this, that shall not be named. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. at this place, we sell guns and ammunition, right? So that narrows it down a little bit. But uh, we sell guns and ammunition. And every week, every day that we get ammunition, like several days throughout the week, right? Like uh-huh. when we get our trucks, all the guys in, I say the guys, like the people in this area have like, like they know the schedule. So they'll show up like an hour before we open and just hang out outside and just shoot the shit and hang out and like wait and come in and get ammo, right? And right. they always, when we open the doors, we've been doing this so long now that they're, they're it, like they form their own orderly little line and everybody just walks back single file back to where it is at the gun counter and like picks it up, like hunts through, finds their stuff and comes back up and checks out. And everybody's great, right? Everybody's nice and calm. Like, they'll hang out with me for a little while because I always work those days and just, like, shit talk with me about other people. It's so much fun. Like, we'll (sighs) literally stand there and just be like, this guy's a fucking idiot. Like, talk about that. It's great. (laughs) Great time. (laughs) They're so fucking funny. They're great. Like, there's this two dudes that I really enjoy as human beings. Like, one of them is easily in his, like, mid-80s, early 90s. And he is very tall, very Southern, like the old kind of Southern that like he remembers riding a horse from here to Monterey, like just to go up there because there weren't roads. So like he remembers that shit because he's old, right? So there's that guy. And then there's another guy who's probably in like his 60s, early 70s, who is from New York. And he has a very thick new york accent oh, and they're geez. best friends and it's so funny they're so cute so those are the kind of like nice people that i have in the mornings right right so last week everything is like going as scheduled and then all of a sudden like we have radios right i hear from the back like toward the gun counter this crazy commotion and i'm like what the fuck is happening like we've been doing this for eight months what's going on and i hear over the radio can I get a manager over here? They're about to get in a fight. Oh, I was like, shit. what is happening? What is happening? So then I see this like real angry fellow like speed walking up to the front. And he's like, hey, can I talk to a manager? And we're like, yeah, okay. So we get a manager to come over and they deal with him. I don't know what's going on. He leaves. Then all my regulars start coming up and the, the tall lanky fella and the New York fella come up and they're like, hey, we get to talking. And he, he looks over at the, the couple that's checking out over to the side and he were like, maybe we should walk out with them and make sure everything's OK. And I was like, what the hell happened, man? And he goes, oh, my God. He goes, you see that? You, you saw that first guy that came up here, right? The left. We were like, yeah. He goes, that guy cut in front of everybody, ran through the apparel, and got in front of us. And we were all like, hey, bud, that's not how this works. Get in the line. 
And he told us to fuck off and accused all of them, apparently, for, like, buying it and reselling it, which some of them do. You know, like, that's really is a thing. Some people do that. And started just yelling at him and was super mad because he didn't know the process. Um... so, so that was fun. And then the couple that the, the lanky fella and the New York fella were talking about that maybe they should walk out with them. Apparently that guy that was so mad threatened him and his wife that we're, I'm gonna meet you outside and I'm gonna get you. Which of all the places, now, here's the thing. Let me just back up for a second. <laughs> there are two places, there are two places and two groups of people that you just don't do shit like that to, right? No. Literally, the people who regularly come to a store to buy ammunition for their sidearm that they carry, and a gun store. Like, those are the two places you don't go in and do something stupid like that. So, the equivalent of pissing all these guys off to me is, like, walking into a gun store and being like, Hey, I'm a Ravia. Everybody's gonna pull their weapon on you. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, needless to say, that guy was really angry, and he left, and I think he was embarrassed because everybody and their sister called him a dumbass, and he just, (laughs) he left. (laughs) So that's That's... that's my story. (laughs) What a, wow, okay. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. I I did not know how to react to it, but it cracked me up, so here we are. (laughs) Um... Poor dumb guy. Poor, poor, poor little dummy, and he just got yeah. shamed by everyone so hard that he had to leave. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like, he he ran past the line, so he saw everybody calmly walking and was like, "Nah, fuck that, fuck lines. Those aren't for me. I'm important," and ran back. Ah, uh, yes, so, I love the entitlement. Oh, uh, that cracked me up. Get fucked. Okay, cool. Yeah, I have, good times. I, I have a story that also involves guns. You want to hear <gasps> it? Yeah, tell me. Okay, so this is the story about Alex and his Alex charm. Hi, Alex. And I mentioned it on the last episode, and I asked permission to tell the said story, and he said yes. So I hope I get it right. I'm pretty sure I get it right. But um, Alex and the Alex charm. Alex is a very, uh, how do I I word this? A a very um, harmless human being, and it is very presented that way like he's really you, nice i like yeah, him yeah yeah like you and that's not a bad thing like you just talk to him and you're like you're just a little harmless human being and that's sweet, so sweet. cinnamon roll yes he's a little sweet cinnamon roll absolutely yeah. so uh, he when like you can just tell that when he like speaks talks how he walks etc etc so uh he's always kind of like relied on the con- kindness of strangers in certain situations and it has never failed him so that's when i coined it the alex charm because usually he's one of those people that's like hey can i do this thing that i know isn't quite necessarily the rules but like i'm a sweet cinnamon roll please let me do it and they're like you're so sweet you can do it and like he yeah, has honey, enough <laughs> he has enough of like a little southern accent that it's like charming so i'm like it's the alex charm so here is how one time the alex charm worked and i Uh cannot fucking believe that it worked so in certain areas of work there's government sectioned work right like we all like we all know there's government work right but like it's always it's always like perceived in the movies like how like vague is it is like underground tunnels no no no. it's usually just buildings and you know they're just like certain areas in like they're more common in certain areas, i.e. Northern Virginia. You can find government buildings like here in Northern Virginia. Gotcha. Or, yeah. or where Alex was where Alex was driving to do the interview of his first job or the job uh-huh. he's currently working at, Huntsville, Alabama. Yep. Okay. So government like buildings or like contracted 
uh, companies in their buildings mm-hmm. aren't like anything mysterious. They just look like buildings and blah, blah, blah. So, and when you don't know, you don't know, right? Because there's not, they don't also draw suspicion to them. They don't have like gates around them or anything like that. So, as Alex is driving down to Huntsville, Alabama to go interview at his current place of work, he got lost. So, he's driving around and he doesn't know where he's going. And mm-hmm. all he knows is that one, he has to use the bathroom, and two, he's, he, Got to change his outfits because, like, he didn't want to wear his suit driving all the way from Tennessee down to Huntsville. It was, like, a three-hour drive. Yep, so he's, smart. like, yes. Yeah, so he's, like, I'm going to use the bathroom and then change my suit and then go to the building that I need to go to. But he couldn't, like, really find anywhere that looked okay to stop at. So he was just, like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and then fa- picked a building, pulled mm-hmm. over. He was, like, I'm going to just go into this building and ask using, using the Alex charm, can I use the bathroom and change? Yeah. So he walks up to this building, uh-huh. and I think the way he said it is, like, as he was walking up to this building, he couldn't see inside that it was, um, oh, like, no. almost mirrored. Al- almost mirrored, almost mirrored, right? So as he walks up, as he's getting closer to the doors, they open and out steps two guards carrying automatic rifles. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> And he picked the one fucking building. <laughs> it, it was like a record scratch moment of, oh, fuck. <laughs> How did I fuck up again in this moment? So he's like, oh, shit. So basically, he walks up to the guards. They walk up to him, and they're like, uh, can we help you? And he's like, hey, man, listen, obviously, like, I picked the wrong building. But he's so he, like, Alex tells the guards his story, and he's like, listen, uh, I'm looking for this company. He goes, I have an interview with them today. I, he said, I am so sorry. I need to use the bathroom and I need to change. Uh-huh. The guards say, you can't change, but we will co- let you come in and use the bathroom. That's really nice, though. So as they have their fucking, like, rifles, right, they walk Alex <sighs> inside into the bathroom and let him use the bathroom. But I can't I can't remember if Alex said that they, like, had to watch him use the bathroom or at least, like, stand, like, stand behind him while he used it. But, like, they yeah. had to be next to In him. The room. Yeah. Yep. So he uses the bathroom and then, like, uh... The guards kind of gave him some like interviewing tips and like uh-huh. some like dress tips and like was su- being super cool, and then just let Alex go. That's so sweet. <laughs> Those guys were definitely like, "Hey, watch this. Let's fuck with him." Yeah, man, come on in. Oh my <laughs> That's god! That's awesome. I was like, only you, Alex, can walk up to a building and armed guards come out and greet you and let you use the bathroom and be like, "Yeah, that's cool. We'll let you go pee. Come on, bud." That's <laughs> that's awesome. That was the most. That's the I love that weirdest fucking story I've ever heard oh, in my I, life. I, I love that. I love it. Yeah. That's the like level of weird I appreciate. That's, that's awesome. The, that's the level that Alex gets into and he's like, can I use the bathroom? <laughs> oh my gosh. He's so great. I love him. Okay, anyways. Um, you want to know what's also great? What? Spooky stories. Ooh. What do I do? Uh, you say some stuff. Oh, um. <laughs> yeah? My brain's shitting out on me. Hang on. It's It's been almost two weeks since we recorded, so I always forget. Oh, so if you want to keep supporting us in what we do, you, sh- you should be sure to head on over to Patreon at patreon.com slash hot her. I barely know her. We have two tiers. We have a $7 medium tier that has access to 
our notes, shout outs, extra video content, and we will send you a sticker in the mail. And then if you sign up for just the $5 investigator tier, there we go. Uh, yes. You you just, uh, you close friends on Instagram, shout out on um, our show and access to the notes also. Yes. Plus yes. a virtual high five and possibly a sticker. No, not for the $5 tier. Shit. We still Only get the virtual high five. For the <laughs> virtual. <laughs> we, we send out like a, hey, G, thanks for, for being cool with signing up with us. So, yeah. So, you should be able, you, you should go check out and uh, support us for that if you would like. Perfect. We, we don't have We to. would like. We would like it. It helps yes. a lot. But if not, um, thanks for listening. Okay. This Finger is getting guns. weird. Pew, pew, All right, pew, this, pew. this is getting weird. All right. Uh, coin. What, what, yeah. want? what do you want? Uh, booty ass, please. Tails, okay. Every booty time. ass, yes. Every, yep, every time. Every time. Ass every booty. Time. I go first. Shit. Okay, I'm fine. So sorry. Okay. That's fine. Is it fine? Yeah, it's fine. fine. Okay. I guess. All right, cool. Tell me. Put that there. Give me a so, story. So, so, to no one's surprise, I, Katie Groves, am covering the Gorman dogfight. I took- still don't know what that means, that I'm really excited. It's the, it's, it's, you don't know what a dogfight is? Between two planes? See, my brain was like, okay, are we talking about, like, literal dogs fighting? No. Are we talking, like, what kind w- of dog fight is happening? <sighs> Why would I cover a dog fight in an alien episode? Well, I mean, it's not really a dog fight if it's between an alien ship and a plane. So, I didn't know. Bet- between two aircrafts is a dog fight. Maybe? Yes. <laughs> is it still called that, or was that a thing that, like, went out of fashion in the uh, World War II? I think went out of fashion because obviously we don't <gasps> dogfight anymore. We just use. We missiles. just have aerial exercises. Or we just have missiles. States and we don't have wars. And we lock on to other. Pew pew. That's called anti air missiles. There you go. All right. So, yes. the Gor- Gorman is the guy's last name. Okay. Okay. So, are we good? Okay. Yes. You, is, your, is your brain yeah. full of less bees now? I'm ready to learn about Gorman Gorman because I don't know his first name. So, I'm just going to repeat his last name George. George Gorman. Like George hey. Foreman? Oh my god. <laughs> Geor- I'm so mad. It's George F. Gorman. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> George Foreman Gorman. Tell me about him. Uh. <laughs> Get out of my notes. Okay. <clears throat> so he served as a fighter pilot during World War II. So mm-hmm. as, as you know, he's got some plane maneuvering under his belt. He knows how to operate a plane. Right? He, he, he knows what he's doing. Okay. Right. I would assume that he knows how to fight his dog. Yes. Anyways, so when he came back home, he, just a little tidbit, he was a manager for a construction company, and he also served as a second lieutenant in the North Dakota Air National Guard. This nice. This takes place in Fargo. I don't know. I can't remember if I said <gasps> it or not. You did not. Fargo, Fargo, North Dakota. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't put that in my notes. I don't know why I didn't. It's somewhere in my notes. The so so this so this this faithful event that we will be discussing took place on October first, nineteen forty-eight. Gorman was flying in a cross-country flight with other flight men in the National Guard. So they're just all like zooming, zooming in the air, doing their like routine fly check to make sure that they didn't forget how to fly. It's like riding a bike; you never forget. So he was in a P fifty-one Mustang for anyone who zoom, knows zoom. planes. And want to care. Uh, the other airmen uh, on the co- cross-country trek had landed in the in Fargo's Hector Airport at about 8.30 p.m. while Gorman kept flying. He just wanted some scenic night flying time with the cloudless skies. So it was just more practice. It was pretty. It was cl- pretty. Uh, no clouds. 
practice, nice. et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So at about 9 p.m., he was flying over a lighted football stadium when he got confirmation from air traffic control that he was the only plane except for a Piper Club 500 uh, excuse me, a Piper Club 500 feet below him. And that was the only two things that were confirmed to be in the sky that night via nice. radar. Okay? Cool. So he, he did see the Piper Club below him. He saw that with his own eyes. But at this point is when he notices a light that he thought was a taillight of another aircraft passing him on the right. And again, no. air traffic control did not see this blip or whatever the hell it was on radar. Okay. Just the two That's planes. That's not good. Yeah, so just the two planes, that's it. He tries to see the outline of the object, but can't. However, he again, he can still see the Piper Club below him. He calls air traffic control for confirmation. Uh, they see nothing on radar. So Gorman calls the Piper and a Dr. A.D. Cannon and Cannon and his passenger both see the bright white light. So everybody's seeing this. The So Gorman's seeing it, the two people in the Piper are seeing it, and air traffic control can visually see the bright white light in Ew. the air. Yes. So he pulls up about a thousand yards from this thing, and he describes it as, and I quote, it was about six to eight inches in diameter, clear white and completely without fuzz at the edges. He said... Of the object in his report, it was blinking on and off. As I approached, however, the light suddenly became steady and pulled into a sharp left bank. I thought it was moving to make a pass at the tower. Ew. Yes. So he chooses to engage with this thing. So he told Tower he was going to pursue the UFO, but uh, he can't fly fast enough. He's he's lags behind. He's at about 7,000 feet. Jesus. To where it took like an immediate U-turn. And started heading straight back towards him. Oh, no. George Foreman Gorman, be careful. Uh. <laughs> Were you thinking I'd forget that? <laughs> yeah, hope, I hope sometimes that you forget your d- dumb, terrible jokes. Uh, so so the bright light has turned and is starting to head and, and on a collision course with his, yeah. his Mustang, right? Gorman takes a nosedive, like last minute, tanks it. And the light passes 500 feet above his aircraft. Yowzers. So at this point, Gorman loses sight of the light and was searching for it in the skies. When he finally notices it, the light had taken a turn again and was headed straight for Gorman with the intention that they might collide. Right? So that's... Jesus. That's the trajectory... I can't talk. The trajectory that the light was taking towards him. However, the light suddenly thing light object thing suddenly turned upwards and started to climb an elevation like just head straight straight up just went whoop and starts heading straight up towards like outer space so gorman tries to pursue in his little rinky dinky uh 1948 aircraft and the plane stalled at fourteen thousand feet and it was still two thousand feet higher up than him jeez he made several attempts to get closer but failed uh the plane obviously couldn't go that high and it kept stalling out the, the light, again, tried to make another collision pass at Gorman, but broke off again before getting too close. Then it moved, started to move towards Hector Airport, so kind of like flying away at this point now. And the air traffic controller guy, I think there was two people in the tower, that evening was watching all of this through the binoculars. Was watching this whole thing happen. Like, it wasn't Gross. like, it wasn't like, 
oh, you're chasing a, uh, a star in the sky. It's like, no, this is actually moving around. The, the air traffic controller guy, he said that there was no form or shape around the light. It was just the light. There was nothing around it. It wasn't like a, a light attached to like the outline of a plane. It was just this little ball of light moving through the sky. I don't like that. Cannon, Dr. Cannon and the Piper and the passenger had landed and also walked over to the air traffic controller tower to also watch it, watch Gorman and the light fly around. Jeez. So Gorman followed the light until he was 25 miles south of Fargo. Gorman was at 14,000 feet and the UFO Blinky was still, was hanging lower at about 11,000 feet. So Gorman took a turn to dive at it to see what it would do. And he did, but the light took off at a vertical climb but finally, it uh, went went out of visuals. Jeez. He said that the light just, like, completely took off, and he wasn't able to chase it or see it anymore, and it was gone. So he broke chase at 927, and that meant that he was flying around in the sky chasing this thing for 27 minutes. That is too long. That is that, 27 minutes too long. That is a whole 27 minutes of flying around with this light in the sky, blah, blah, blah. After this, Gorman never saw the object again, but that was that, and then it is what it is. So within a few hours, officers from Project Sign, the United States Air Force branch to investigate UFOs, which later becomes Project Blue Book. This is just yeah. the, the, the prelude. Okay. Same people. They were on the scene. Uh, apparently, they called, like, I guess, him in the National Guard. He, he called some people. Uh, everybody that was present for the shenanigans was interviewed. Air traffic controller H.E. Johnson described the light that he saw as only a round light, perfectly formed with no fuzzy edges or rays leaving its body. And that was a common theme above from everyone, that it had no fuzzy edges. It was just a solid, bright white light. I hate that. Yeah, that's such a weird thing. To... That makes me think that like the light on the edges there wasn't... What's the word? Dissipate? No, not dissipate. Uh, refracting? Yeah, Correctly? yeah, yeah. Which I don't like. I don't like that. I don't like. I don't like any of this. Well, I mean, no, but like that part <laughs> specifically. <laughs> so, when uh, Doctor Cannon, he, when he was interviewed, he said the the UFO was moving very swiftly and much faster than the P fifty one. So again, if we have people that are observing that this thing is moving around in the sky and it is not a star. In the sky. No, yeah. Gross. So the P-51 Mustang that Gorman flew was checked out with a Geiger counter no, for radiation. No. Right. Um, because if you, f uh, with, I guess, UFOs is associated with radiation at this point, right? Like, yeah. some men in black bullshit. So his plane yeah. actually showed <laughs> more radiation than the other planes in the hangar that had not flown for a few days. Gross. This would obviously indicate that Gorman had flown close to an atomic-powered object. Ew. Yes. So, crazily enough, though, the, the United States Air Force from Project Sign ruled out that it was not a weather balloon or any other known aircraft at the time. Uh, because I think something along the lines of there wasn't something that was flying fast enough and there wasn't any ship that would have looked like that. And Gorman would have been able to identify a ship because of his credentials or an airship aircraft if he yeah. saw one because of his credentials his history right am i Certainly, right yeah yeah his right. his flight history right um so they so they quoted that something remarkable had occurred 
So Gorman, in his report, said that the light left no trail, no sound, and had no odor. Plus, his plane can go 400 miles per hour, and he still couldn't keep up with it. So this thing was flying faster than... I like your face. Thanks. <laughs> I have a great face. Thanks for uh, showing your complete disdain in this. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> also, also trying to keep up the maneuvering of the ball... Ball, ball o light is what I put in my notes. Caused him to black out. Uh, he said, I'm in fairly good condition, and I do not believe that there are many, if any, pilots who could withstand the turn and speed affected by the object and remain conscious, he wrote. The object was not only able to outturn and outspeed my craft, but was able to attain a far steeper climb and was able to maintain a constant rate of climb far in excess of my aircraft. Ew. Yes. And this was in the 40s, 50s? 48. Okay, yeah. This was 48. Ew. However, to no one's surprise, the United States Air Force came back and said, nah, it was actually, we got it all wrong. We got it all wrong. It's not not, nothing that you saw happen. Uh, So because Gorman flew his airplane so high into the sky, the Earth's atmosphere became less effective of protecting his plane from radiation from the sun. What? Which is true, there's radiation in outer space. And well, our Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, which I, I don't I actually didn't look into that to see the validity of that, but apparently so if you fly high enough in the atmosphere, less atmosphere to protect you from radiation means that your airplane's gonna have radiation on it. But I don't know. I don't know, because weren't pilots flying that high anyway at that point in time? I don't think that I don't think fourteen thousand feet. Maybe bombers? You can look it up. I don't know. I'm not I'm about I'm not, to. You, you you Google that. I'll keep talking. And again, to no one else's surprise, the Air Weather Service said that they just so happened to have released a weather balloon October 1st at 8.50. Weird. It's like just at the same time. At the exact same time that he started to see all this shit. So by 9 p.m., the balloon would have been around Gorman and where the, the Piper Club was flying around. It's believed that Gorman's own flying around the weather balloon was causing the object to move like it was moving around on its own accord. Hmm. Which also doesn't make sense because if why would the object turn around and start flying back towards him? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. Then, then they said when the object came out of sight and Gorman saw it reappear in the south, they claimed that he was actually chasing the planet Jupiter. So... They said that he was actually chasing a star in the sky, which is really annoying. So the case was labeled as a light weather balloon and not a UFO by Project Project Sign. That was the official. Of course. Official, yeah, that was the official hoopla. What did you find out? So I found out that uh, average cruising altitude for planes at that point in time was between tw- uh, ten and 12,000 feet because they were unpressurized cabins. Okay. And that uh, flights you'll get... Anybody and everybody that flies in a plane will get uh, like a 1% radiation level, 1% to 3%, depending. Neat. Uh, That's cool. Night, yeah, night and day radiation is the same. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. I don't know what the percentage was that the Geiger picked up. Me but either. If it, yeah, but if it was more than like 3%. That, then right, be a which sketchy. And then, yeah, then I feel like that's what they were reading. Because if they yeah. just got a little bit, it's like, oh, well, then, because I feel like they would have said that it was just you're in the sky. Yeah, just but, a little uh, bit from the sky. But, but if it here was we are. Notice- right, if it was noticeable enough for them to be like, yeah, you flew next to an atomic-powered thing. Craft, yeah. 
Right, then obviously it might have been a little bit more than 3%. That would make sense to me. Okay. So even though it was deemed uh, some stuff, this was this is a short baby short baby story because I know yours is a little bit longer. But um, on October 23rd, 1948, Gorman gave his own sworn statement to the investigators, like, a, like an official hoopla. Uh, this is his most famous statement that was used a lot when it came to anything UFO related. I am convinced that there was definite thought behind its maneuvers i am further convinced that the object was governed by the laws of inertia because its acceleration was rapid but not immediate and although it was able to turn fairly tight at considerable speed it still followed a natural curve when i attempted to turn with the object i blacked out temporarily due to excessive speed i am in fairly good fairly good physical condition and i do not believe that there are many if any pilots who could withstand the turn and speed affected by the object and remained conscious. The object was not only able to outturn and outspeed my craft, but was able to attain, I said that already, so able to attain a far steeper climb and was able to maintain a constant rate of climb for far, climb far in excess of my aircraft. So that was his official statement. Um, They, the reason why this actually became really popular is because of who it was, because of like his credentials of being a, pilot in world war ii and now being a national guard and like having experience flying in planes and obviously talks at you know uh a nice important things yeah but he like talks as if he's not a crazy random hoopla kind of person so certainly though the the government officials didn't discredit gorman uh as he and i quote did not make excuse me did not make the impression of being a dreamer he reads little and only serious literature he spends 90 percent of his time hunting and fishing drinks less than moderately smokes normally and does not do drugs he appears to be sincere and serious individual who was considerably puzzled by his experience and made no attempts to blow his story up so even though they like said it was a weather balloon they uh just were kind of like they didn't like really give him too much shit just because yeah, they were cool about it. Yeah, they were cool about it. They're like, we're just going to let this one go. Like, it was just a leather balloon. We're not going to call you crazy or try to discredit you. It's just, we're going to let this one go. Fair enough. And that was that. So a lot of theorists believe that it was a Project Paperclip thing, which is, uh, oh. yeah, where um, government officials recruited Nazi scientists, engineers, and technicians and were, you know, coming up with tech. And that might have been one of the things that was being tested. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, so that's that's the uh, Fargo, North Dakota incident, the Gorman the, dog fight. The um, George Foreman Gorman dog fight. And the reason why it is popular is because of who it was. It was a very yeah. credited person who knew what he was talking about. So the call, say it again. The what? The George, the George Foreman, Foreman Gorman dog fight. That is the George Gorman Foreman dog fight. Okay. Thanks. Are we? Are, are you done? Are we good? Any, uh, any thoughts, questions? Okay, thoughts, questions, for now, concerns? For now, I think I think we're okay. Okay. Re- ready to move on? You ready, ready to... Yes. Okay. Yes, I think. This is the part of the episode where we give shout-outs to our newest Patreon members. And wouldn't you believe it, we have two new Patreon members today. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm such a loser. I didn't pull it up. <gasps> I'm so sorry. How could you? Okay, I gotta pull it up. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Tell me. Our two newest Patreon members are Jessica Fassett. Hi, and welcome. Ni- and Nick. Hi, welcome. Isn't that cool? So Hi. happy to have you. This is great. I just want every single one of you to know when you sign up, 
it's I usually see the email first and then I text Zoe in like all caps. We got a new Patreon member. And then she just replies back. What the fuck? That's so awesome. Literally, that's pretty much how it goes every that's, time. Yeah, we could post screenshots. It's really funny. Yeah. Like, We're especially we, predictable. We usually get like two and a, two, like two back to back, which is really funny. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, I'll always say like, we got one. And then like a couple days later, we'll get another one. It's like, we got another one. And then we cheer. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, if you want to help us out with other things and that's quick and easy and can take 30 seconds, be sure to head over to iTunes. If you do, if you're listening to us on there, uh, drop a review, drop a like, drop a star. Five stars, preferably. That'd be cool. That'd be nice. I was going to say more than a star. More than like a star. Thank stars. Thank you. One times five. And if you're on Spotify, please be sure to smash that follow button. And anywhere else you're listening to us, please be sure to do the thing. Because if you like what we do, rate and review. That butters my biscuits. That really butters my biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, your turn? Zoe yes. Knowlton? Yes. Tell me. What, so... what, what took you so long? It took so, so long. Oh, this week I am covering the Roswell of Brazil. What? <laughs> yep. You heard me right. The Roswell what? of Brazil. What? Yes. So okay. there's me. a lot of Brazilian words and names and all sorts of things, and I don't speak Portuguese. So this Fuck is going to be fun. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry, everybody. For once, I'm going to be getting the emails for pronunciations and not Katie. Hmm. I mean, so, I'm, I'm sure they're going to come into my DMs and be like, hey, tell Zoe. And it's like, no. probably, probably do that. That's much better. That's easier no. for me. That's, no. <laughs> that's what Annoy I would her. prefer. Annoy her on Twitter, please. That's fine. You can do that, too. Um, so this is the uh, Virginia UFO incident. It sounds like Virginia, but it's not. I, I it's almost not. was like, like no. no. Okay. All right. Cool. It's not. It sounds okay. very similar, but it isn't. So this happened in the city of Virginia brazil in 1996 i was two i was four four (laughs) yeah i was four yeah okay here we are okay it's a city of approximately 100,000 people located in the state of minas guerreras in southern southeastern brazil this place is pretty well like this state is pretty well known for uf stories and like i said earlier the city is basically brazil's roswell Mm mm-hmm This entire story has been confirmed by multiple eyewitnesses, many in the military, many in the medical field, some just people, like, they're just hanging out in the streets. None of them will, like, this has all been recorded off record. Nobody will on camera say, yeah, that happened. That's a thing. Huh? As soon as... As soon as, like, they'll talk to people about it. They're like, yeah, this is what I saw. This is what happened. But as soon as somebody pulls out recording equipment, they're like, nothing happened here. It did not happen. Nothing exists. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So, that's a little spooky and not so great. But we have to remember, Brazil was under control by a dictator in Ah. the 1980s. And people who disagreed with him would just disappear. (laughs) <laughs> so that's also kind of where we're coming from. Not okay, not such fair. a good not such a good thing. Yikes. The region around Virginia has attracted UFO enthusiasts for years, and there have been literally hundreds of sightings of flying saucers in the state. So this is like a hot spot for all sorts of UFO activity. There's there's a portal. There's yes. a portal somewhere. There's actually a theory by some of the people in uh, the more southern part of that state. That there is a tunnel slash portal to the center of the earth. Like there. So that's kind of fun. Brazil. Mm-hmm. A- Amazon forest? 
I don't know. I didn't look at a map, to be honest with you. Oh my gosh. What did you call it? Vir- 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 what? Uh, Virginia. Vir- it's V-I-R-G-I-N-H-A. Ha. Yes. Ha. I still... No, I still spelled it wrong. Piss. Ha. Okay. How? It's Virginia without it's, the A. It's V-A-R. Yeah. G-I-N-H-A. Is that what I said? I don't know. You probably did. I don't... I just said that or an I because I always fuck that up, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. Um, no, it's too... It is not in the Amazon rainforest, so... It's oh. like, it's like, it's like, um, on the coast, it's on the west, it's on the east, no, excuse me, east coast, kind of, mm-hmm. uh, kind of, kind of, on, it's kind of on the coast, it's not quite on the coast, but more towards Coast-ish. the Atlantic. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Works cool. for me. Great. I'm so glad we had that tangent. Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. figured that out. You're great. <laughs> so on the night of January 13th, 1996, the North American Aerospace Defense Command notified Brazilian authorities that it had tracked a number of UFOs over the Western Hemisphere and their trajectory was going towards Brazil. Oh. It's a good thing to let them know, right? Yeah, that's nice of them. They also had a report that at least one of the UFOs was coming down somewhere in the state of Minas Gerais. Oh. Which is not like, a good thing. Like, like coming like, down. Like, fucking falling out of the sky coming down okay so the state of minas guerreras yes is the state yes like like virginia and then like the town is virginia virginia Virginia. yes okay got it go ahead okay cool so brazilian authorities were notified of course and they notified the local army near the city so later that morning there were some uh brazilian citizens who saw Like, all over, people were reporting a cigar-shaped object flying across the sky. I've seen videos of this that I will be able to show you later. Um, Show me! Like, there is so much shit that happens that people catch on video. It's fucking crazy. A man named Carlos was driving in his car this morning when he heard a strange noise. So he, like, stops his car, gets out, looks up, and sees this uh, cigar-shaped craft with windows all along the sides, flying above him, kind of making what looked like a controlled descent um, as it came down. He followed it in his car until it went behind some mountains, and then he lost it. He thought it had crashed, so he was hunting for this thing for like 30 or 45 minutes. He finally finds this little dirt road that he turns onto, and then he crests the top of a hill, and he sees like at least 40 soldiers, all like armed, ready to fucking go, two military trucks, a helicopter, an ambulance, and several other vehicles. So he sees them pulling things out of the ground of this, like, burning crash site, putting them on trucks. Then the military police get up to him and they're like, turn the fuck around. Don't say shit to anybody. Get out of here. So he's like, okay, okay, I'm so sorry. Absolutely. Leaves. Runs. Um, He drives for a while and then he stops at a restaurant to like try and chill a little bit eat some food you know because when you're stressed out and you're like your blood pressure's up you're gonna eat and like try and calm down right right no chill for this poor fellow he was confronted by two men in civilian clothes with military haircuts that ordered him not to tell anyone what he saw okay absolutely no gotta tell me twice right so everything was quiet for a week so that was the 13th of january the 20th of january rolls around 
And I do have to tell you, I thought that this story was a lot smaller than it was. And then I found all this shit. So when I get to the point of what I thought the story was, I'll tell you. Oh, okay. January 20th, another UFO is spotted headed toward Brazil. So around 1 a.m., several sightings were reported. And then there were farm owners, Orlana and Enrico de Fritas, were awakened by their cattle and sheep freaking the fuck out. So it's 1 a.m., normally everything's down asleep, chilling, and they are, like, yelling, moving around, stomping, making a lot of noise, just freaking out, right? So the two of them get up, walk over, look out their windows, and they see a UFO hovering above their animals in the sky, fairly close to the ground, and it just keeps getting closer. What the fuck? They clock it. They're like, what the fuck is that? It sits there for another, like, 15 minutes and then flies off. 15 minutes? 15 minutes. It just chills there. So that's like a, a normal thing that happens there, right? Like in, in this place. So they call it in. They're like, hey, something funky happened. I don't know what's going on. So that's 1 a.m. Around 7 a.m., the fire department receives a phone call about some strange creature like running around in the woods. They noted that the creature was like, it was, it's pretty small. And it appeared hurt. So when the fire department get there, they see this fucking thing and they're like, what is that? I've never seen an animal that looks like that. So it's about a meter tall, so like four or five feet. Really thin, brown skin, and it smells real bad. Ew. Real bad. And it they said that it appeared hurt just the way that it was moving. They did, they don't want to fuck with it because they don't know what it is. So they call the military. Who yeah, that's like, good. Good yeah, call. There's a, a base like pretty close. So they're like, hey, man, could you come and get this? We don't know what it is. So... One of the firemen, who will not go on record, uh, says that he saw the military, like they wa- everybody watched them, go into the woods, and the firemen hear two gunshots. Oh. Right. Yeah. Oh. Two gunshots coming out, like what sounds like a rifle, and then they see the military come out carrying two large bags. One of these bags was moving, one of the bags was not. So they toss them in the back of the truck, drive off. So that's cool. That's shit. That is shit shit. Okay. And before they left, they looked at him and they were like, don't you fucking tell anybody anything. Got it? Cool. And then they left. Uh, Okay. (laughs) That same fireman, remember we're in Brazil, that same fireman said some of the soldiers were American. So that's interesting. Damn. Okay. That's interesting. Look at us getting our fucking feet and everything else. (laughs) Even UFOs. But they're not real. Nope, absolutely not. Not true. There were many people in this town that saw the military vehicles tearing through town. So as the military was called in that like, hey, some sort of like funky creature is either from like is from a crash. Maybe like what's happening? Why are they here? What's what's going on? Something funky's happening. So everybody sees the military trucks like tearing through town and like other military personnel, right? The local, the fire department will say, yes, we were called out to an incident on the 20th, but they will not say what that incident was. And if anybody wants to interview the firemen, the fire chief who's all, who's working will say, oh, none of those guys are working today. So that's weird. That's I a little sketchy. That, that's a little sus. That's a little sus. Yeah, I don't like that very much. So here's where I thought the story was. Like, this was, this was all that I thought it was, right? Okay. So around four o'clock, there's these three women, three young women, like ages 14 to 22. 
uh, Lillian and Vicarera Silva, who were sisters, and their friend, Katia Xavier. I probably butchered those, and I'm so sorry. I think uh, they great. <laughs> thanks. So the three of them were walking home and decided to take, like, a little shortcut through a vacant parking lot. It's always the shortcut through the vacant parking lot that starts every single fucking movie. Ugh. I, okay. I mean, it's that or the woods, right? Like, those are your yeah. two horror scenarios. Like <laughs> Or an alleyway. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, those are spooky places. So a shortcut. A, as they're walking through this parking lot, they started to smell something really bad. Mm, so, <laughs> so just assuming that it's probably some trash laying somewhere, they just keep going until they find the source of the smell. So they had run into some sort of creature that was crouched down. So it was some sort of bipedal creature. Um, it had its arms wrapped around its knees. They were Poor for- baby. They- I know. Oh, which- my God. <laughs> which makes sense if it was from a crash. Like, it's probably hurt and it's scared. That sucks. That I don't sucks. like that very much. So this is where we get the most detailed version of this creature being whatever it is so they said that it looked to be about a meter tall which five feet four or five feet tall a uh, very large head very thin body uh, it had these big red eyes that were almost too big for its face is how they described it, it didn't have any nose um it had oily like really oily brown skin weird v-shaped feet yes a meter is a little over three feet However much. So, <laughs> I was, you said, you yeah, said a meter and like, like, four, four to five right. feet. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> meter and a half, I guess. However much. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we are. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So I actually read in two different places. It was a meter. Then it was a meter and a half. Then it was five feet. Then it was two feet. So I don't know. Somewhere between one and two meters or three and six feet. I don't know. Somewhere in there. Sounds great. Thanks. So, so it was a size, right? <laughs> it was it was a size. <laughs> so it had V-shaped feet, weird little V-shaped feet, right? And then it had three round protuberances, so like little horns on its head. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I was like, the what? Bless you, what? Yes. Um, cool. So when asked about it, uh, Katya says it was brown, it was short, it was crouched, but it was short. I had the impression that it was something very mushy, like it looked like it was going to pop, with soft skin and red eyes. Then it stared up at us. It was like that very fast, but it could not be a human being, neither an animal. And remember, this is uh, translated from Portuguese to English, so. Okay. Yeah. Here we are. So the girls freak the fuck out. They're looking at this thing, and then it like turns its head. It snaps its head up to look at them, and they're like, fuck this, and run. So they run all the way home, and w- they did notice, like, as they were running, they started to think about it, and they noticed that the creature was almost what they would describe as, like, wobbly-headed. So it was almost as if it w- it was injured and couldn't – it was wobbly, like something was off, right? Mm-hmm. So the girls make it safely back to their house, thankfully, and the, the two sisters tell their mom what happened because she's like, what's wrong with you? And they're like, mom, we saw the devil. Which, I mean, to be fair, that's what I would assume as well, if I saw something like that. So the mom, not really believing them, like, I mean, they're 14, 15, all the way to, like, 22. Like, eh, that's still, that's a little, what do you mean the devil? She's like, okay, fine, like, come back to the parking lot and we'll investigate. So the kids 
take her back and she sees these big ass footprints like where the where the grass was like pushed down and she smells this awful like strong ammonia like odor right no yeah while they're looking around there's this guy who's working nearby and he looks up and he goes oh hey are you guys looking for that weird animal and they're, they're like yeah and he goes oh yeah they picked that up already oh shit so that's cool then so that's still that that was like four or five ish in the afternoon right So, at the end of that afternoon, a storm to remember is how it was said. A storm to remember hit the town. Windows were breaking because it was hailing. Things were getting smashed. The wind was knocking stuff over. Like, really bad storm. So, there were two men who were military in civilian clothes. They were searching, right? Because they already know something fucked is happening. So, they're driving through. They get caught in the rain. So they get back in their car and they're like, okay, let's go find a change of clothes. We're really gross. And they see some really strange thing run in front of their car. This happens to be on the same road that the girls earlier had seen the creature. So they get out of the car. Yes. Yes. This area where they're seeing all these creatures, is it near the crash site? Between the crash site, like that side of town. Right. And where they're at currently is this small wooded area. That wooded area is the same place that the military went in and shot something and dragged it out. Okay, so this is all still in the same general area. We can probably yes. assume that these creatures came from that crash site. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, which, I mean, in my mind, something happened. Their transport crashed. Now they're stuck here and they're injured. What do they do? So... That's really sad. I, I guess get left behind. I guess no one came for him. Yeah. I, I don't know. Or nothing was able to get close enough. I don't know. But here yeah. we are. So the guys jump out of the car, chase after this thing. What the fuck? I don't understand why you would do this. They're chasing it. They don't have time to put gloves on or get any sort of weapons. So one of them just bare hand grabs this thing and throws it in the back of the car. They decide sir? to. I know, sir. Right? I know, sir. This is a Wendy's. Why would you <laughs> grab it? Oh my god! He it was just, really dedicated. That's all I have. Like, I'm sorry. What? Like, yeah. no, no bag. Just like, Nothing. did you at least? Did you at least buckle it in? Like, what? I the don't fuck? know. Maybe what? I don't. Handcuffed it, threw it in the trunk. I don't know what he did. So, regardless, either way, okay. Kay. He. They decide to. Okay, I have two options here. So there is a woman who works at the local zoo that is, she's a doctor. She works at the zoo. Cool, right? Some people, like either these two or some other military people, came to the zoo and asked her assistant, because she was out, asked her assistant, hey, is Dr. So-and-so here? We want to have her look at something for us. And the guy was like, no, she's out right now. Can I take a message or can you leave it here? Like, what would you like to do? And the police, military, whoever they were, were like, no, we will only speak with her. Thank you. And then left. And then she didn't get a call back. So I don't know. It could have been the two of these guys. But either way, this thing ended up at the hospital. So it's went to the hospital. At a, so, at a human human hospital. Human hospital. Human hospital. Okay. So keep that in mind. We'll circle back to the human hospital in a second. 
A few weeks later, another creature was spotted, this time at the local zoo. So a woman was there celebrating her birthday. Is this the one I wanted? Yes. A woman was there celebrating her birthday, and she stepped outside to have a cigarette, like, on the little balcony, I guess. And she's just hanging out. She's smoking her cigarette. Everything is, like, pitch black darkness. Uh She looks down, and she sees this creature, like, hunched and, like, crouched down, and it lo- it's looking toward her. The only reason that she saw it is because its eyes were glowing, and it illuminated a little bit of its face. So she could see its eyes, like a nose slit, and then a slit for its mouth. And then that was it. And then she blinked, and it was gone. Oh. So she was like, that's fucked up. Put her cigarette out, walked inside, called her husband, and was like, take me the fuck home. Funnily enough, animals at the zoo for like several weeks previously had been just suddenly dying of toxic poisoning that couldn't be explained. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Now, that same wooded area that I mentioned before, another creature was found dead on the side of the road by one person. This one person is looking at it and is like, what the fuck is this? Three military trucks pull up and they're like, back the fuck up as they're loading it into the car. How did they just know to show up like that? I don't know. I have no idea. Now, I said we'd circle back to the hospital. Right. So there is a report. There was a man who told you about the guy that transported, that like grabbed it with his hands, threw it in the car and like transported it, right? Right. So he gets it to the hospital, takes it inside, or or, like gets to the hospital, lets his higher ups know like, hey, what the fuck? What do we do? Oh my God. All like the whole hospital is taken over by military personnel. Basically, there was a soldier who did an interview, a telephone interview, but they, he won't like his face was is blurred and you can't like he won't tell who he is. He no longer lives in this place. He's moved. That's the only okay. reason he's comfortable talking about it. He was one of the soldiers assigned to be in the room with the creatures while the doctors assessed it. So he walks in there, he's got a mil- like a, a medical mask on, he's got gloves, he's got his fucking like M16, and he is standing there while the doctors are like working on it. So I don't know which cre- if if this was the creature that that fellow brought to the hospital or if it was another one. Regardless, there is a creature at this hospital. Okay. It's injured and the doctors are trying to figure out how to save it, I guess. I don't I don't really understand that very much. But it's, it's like reverse, reverse Uno on these fuckers, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so the commanding officer was super afraid that people were going to catch some sort of disease from this thing because nobody knows its biology. Nobody knows its genetics. Nothing about it. Right. 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 So this guy is he's giving this interview that I've listened to and it's really fucking spooky. He says that he vividly remembers the smell of this creature. It was that ammonia like odor that the girls described. He described it being about one and a half meters tall, with oily brown leathery skin, red eyes, and weird claw-like hands with three fingers. He wasn't really sure what the medical staff was doing. He thought they were maybe trying to save it, but eventually they did call a time of death for that day. According to hospital staff that was interviewed, an entire wing of the hospital was shut down. The hospital itself was literally packed full of military personnel with, like, weapons ready to go. Like, anything bad happened, they were gonna fucking win. Like, armed to the teeth. 
Okay. <laughs> More than a dozen specialists took part in the autopsy of this creature. Uh, they discovered that it had a black tongue, no genitals, and a navel. That's weird. Barbie doll. <laughs> yeah, Ken doll, basically. It had no, like, genital markings whatsoever, but it still had a navel, which is weird, because that implies that it had some sort of a placental gestation. So, right. I don't know. It's kind of sketchy. That's weird. Yeah. After that autopsy was complete, it was put into a wooden coffin and the lid was screwed shut. I don't know where it went after that. Cool. This one's pretty rough. So that guy that grabbed the creature with his bare hands. Oh, no. His name was uh, Marco Charisse. Mm. On February 15th, remember this happened January 20th. February 15th, the 23-year-old man died from an unknown toxin that no one could explain. Oh, fuck. Remember how I said the the animals, animals. were dying from that? Yeah. Ugh. So he had gone, actually had to go to a hospital to get a small abscess on the palm of his hand worked on. Now, they took care of the abscess, uh, but unfortunately, the abscess had already caused him to go septic. Mm. And he, like, he just went. Um, one of the doctors that was taking care of him said... Me and another doctor gave him the best antibiotics we have, and he did not get, he could not have gotten any better. And he did not get better. It was like giving him water with sugar in it. Whoa. Now, his family fully believes that he was poisoned after coming in physical contact with that creature. Um, They demanded an independent autopsy, and the military denied it. They denied him an autopsy, and... He, like, the military and the medical staff ordered him to be buried immediately. So he didn't get an autopsy. Uh, They did do a blood test that they released to the family. And his blood test showed that it contained 8%. Like, 8% of his blood was an unknown toxin. That's really high. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, There was also a member of the fire brigade who died days after he did. Did the fire brigade, like, touch it or get close to it? I don't know. Um, I don't know if when they were chasing the thing around before they knew, like, hey, we don't want to fuck with this, if one of them touched it or what happened. Uh, But he died from the same thing. Lovely. Yeah. So years later, an attempt to exhume his body was refused by a judge for, quote unquote, national security reasons. (gasps) So that's fun. That's a little sus. That's That's a little little suspicious. I don't know about that. That's actually super suspicious. (laughs) So this all happened in January. So now we're going to fast forward to May. So May of that year, the three women that I told you about, the 14 to 22, right? Mm -hmm. They got a visit from five men dressed in civilian clothes with harsh military haircuts. Uh They were told that they would be paid a substantial amount of money if they would just tell the cameras and the press and everyone else that the whole thing was made up or that they just imagined it or if they would just go along with what the military was saying. Okay. Their their story, right? Right. So the girls thought about it because it was a substantial amount of money, enough for them to move away from Brazil, like just leave the country amount of money. Damn. That's a lot. They thought about it. They decided against it ultimately, and they were continuously harassed by those five men. They would get phone calls, they would show up, they would see them being followed, like constant, constantly there. 
until they decided to do a public interview. As soon as they did a public interview and said, no, this is what happened, this is what we saw, they never once said alien, they never once said, uh, as it became known in Brazil, E.T., like the Brazilian E.T., because that was a popular yeah. movie at the time, right? Um, yeah. Those were, they never said those words. They always said, we think we saw the devil. So, that's interesting. That's interesting. After they went public, those guys that were following them around left them alone. And to this day, the woman have no idea who those guys were. They never got an answer for who they were. Military. Come on, government. Let's be real. Oh, 100%. 1,000%. Yeah. Now, sadly, those three women have been harassed by the media consistently for the rest of their lives so far and have been targets for mockery very intensely uh, uh. one of the girls was pregnant at the time of like this happening and she she gave birth she was very depressed but she was able to give birth but unfortunately she and her husband got divorced another one of the girls um, refuses to leave her house now because people will see her in the street and make fun of her because it is a fairly small place it's it's not good it's not a good it's not a good thing damn um, and a lot of people are like, oh, you just made it up for um, money and fame and fortune. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I literally don't leave my house. They got so, nothing. Yeah. They got ridicule and mockery is what they got when they had something fucking traumatic happen to them. Right. <sighs> now, of course, the military has an explanation for everything that happened. Ha ha ha. Let's hear it. So Major Calza, an official of the ESA, the Escolia de... Sargentos de Armas, nice. fuck that up, uh, or Sergeant School, which is the military base that's close to them. Mm -hmm. He explained that the massive military presence that day was due to repair work that the military was doing in Virginia. That's why there were so many military, they were repairing stuff. Don't ask too many questions. They were what? repairing <laughs> shit like oh military do. Oh my God. The rumors, this one really fucks me up and it makes me really angry. So, like, be prepared for your blood pressure to skyrocket. So, the rumors of them transporting an alien was actually just a misidentification of a woman who was pregnant. Uh, and the woman has, like, she, she's, she's dwarfism. She's a little person. Uh, she's pregnant. And people just misidentified that and that's that's what happened in the hospital is they were transporting her there and then that's why they had to shut down the whole wing was for her nah yeah what the fuck yeah. no yep uh so that was their excuse for the hospital and then this this one really grinds my gears the girls who saw something they actually just saw a a homeless man who was also a dwarf uh who was gravely injured and disfigured and that's what they saw there's a lot of dwarfism going on in Brazil, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> so what? that was that was their explanation, which is absolute okay. bullshit. But here we are. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty bad. I mean, they could have said weather balloon, and it would have been a better right something. Right. Right. Huh. Oh my god. Huh. Oh my gosh. So after realizing how bullshit that sounded, the uh, general General Lima of the SA called a press conference to officially deny any military involvement because just saying "fuck it, we weren't there" is better than saying "oh, it was because people can't see things correctly." Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's they're, uh, they're worse than the United States about covering their own yes, shit. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I I do want to say the the bodies 
of all of the creatures, the alien beings, were flown out in a discreet, discreet, quote unquote, um, gray plane that looks oddly similar to a lot of U.S. cargo planes. <laughs> so that's really strange. Hmm. Area 51, baby. And that is uh, the Virginia UFO incident. There's a wow. lot. Yeah, that was uh, a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Yeah, there were several books written about it. I started reading one of the books, but it was more just a, like, story about the the author investigating. It wasn't really even like, here, let me tell you the story and what I found. It was like, I went here during Ugh. this time of year, and this is what my hotel looked like, and I had coffee for breakfast. And that was, it, it got old. So, <laughs> so I didn't end up reading all of it, but I watched uh, some really good shows on it. Um yeah, we're quite good. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite good. Uh, one of them is the UFO files, uh, the Bra- Brazilian UFO crash. So that one's 10 out of 10. You can find it on YouTube. Ah, I found all your links. Yes, it's the very last link. That's the one with all of the videos that I want yeah, you to mate. see. Yeah, yeah mate. you get to see the crash because uh, there's actual video footage <gasps> of the fucking thing on fire. No um, way! There's, Stop! Yes. Yep, there's that. There's a, a lot of footage of uh, UFOs, both during the day and during the night. There are, uh, like, artist depictions of what the creatures looked like. So, it's it's pretty wild. It's pretty good. It's worth it. Even if you just pay for one month to get that, you should. They're pretty. It's pretty good. Are you okay? Yeah, watch, like, the first ten seconds and you'll see all of the stuff. Oh, there's actual video. I told you. Oh my you? god. That yeah. was fuck I I just had goosebumps. Yes. Wow. There's so much. So, there is either one or two crashes. I didn't mention the second crash, I don't think, but on the the 20th, it's it's thought that perhaps that second craft that was like hanging out over the farm also crashed. Um I got some like contradictory information there whether it was one crash or two. Mhm. But either way, the, the creatures were, were hanging out. Not for long. Yeesh. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. So. Okay, this is another one of those episodes that I'm a little freaked out. <laughs> Got him. Okay. All right. I'm so glad you found that. Thank you for sharing with me. Hey, you're class. welcome. I'm so yep. glad that you were here. Yeah. Big stretch. Okay. Um, <laughs> yep. 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 Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm so yep. glad I could scare you. That's what I'm here yep. for. Yep, that one a little freaked out because that one was a little too real. That was too much. That's that's worse than Roswell. What the fuck? I got you. Uh, okay. All right. Um, what do I yeah. say here? Uh, you I... say some stuff. Oh, about... yeah. If you want to check us out? Head on. <laughs> Thank you. That just jogged my brain. Do you say stuff? All right. Cool. Uh, be sure to head on over to to our website www. No, just haunt her. I barely know her. dot com or net. Or org. I bought all of those. Uh-huh. Uh, you could you could submit a request. We still have your request. Uh, there's a couple more requests in the shoot. We will get to those eventually. We just got to keep, you know, throwing keep other things trucking. in there. Yeah, but we just, we throw other things in there to, to keep shaking it up. Because if we keep keep doing places, that gets a little old. So True. We, we still have them in the shoot. They're still in the queue. We'll, we will get to them. We still have them. Uh, if you have a story for us, please be sure to email it to us. Or you can slide into my DMs and uh, let me know what you got going on. We can talk about it. It's great. Tell me, tell us your stories. And you can definitely check us out on our social media, Instagram and Twitter at HHIBKH Podcast. I am on Instagram, Zoe's on Twitter. Please tell Zoe some more Ligma jokes. They make me scream laugh. 
Have you gotten me with a ligma joke yet? No, because I always forget. It's fine. You cr- you one were day. crying that I no was. one was was sending you, and now you got jokes, and now I you're know. not using them. I mean, it's fine. I can get you a stupid shit like George Foreman Gorman dogfight, and then that just makes you so angry. So I mean, that's that's acceptable. When when people ask me what makes you irrationally angry, it's dumb jokes that Zoe makes makes me irrationally angry, <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't. It gives me so much joy. Like every time I see you, just like your face freezes because you're trying so hard not to like make an angry face like that. <laughs> Like gets that me, gets me every okay. time. Yeah, gets me cool, every time. Great, great, it's great, awesome. I'm so glad we we can come together to raise my blood pressure for the en- entertainment and enjoyment for our audience. Hell yeah, let's do it. Okay, okay, great. I'm gonna go to the gym now. So okay. we good? We ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Until next time, haunt her. I barely know her or any of those spooky alien boys. I thought you were to say or George Foreman Gorman. I mean, I can, or George Foreman Gorman Corman Hornman. Shut up. <laughs>